Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. On today's show, I'm talking with Drew Silverstein, the CEO and co-founder of Amper Music. Amper is an artificial intelligence composer that allows you to create your own unique music, tailored to any content instantly, without any musical experience required. In fact, I use it to create our new podcast music. Drew and I talk about the fusion of music theory and AI innovation, as well as how to unlock creativity for your business. Let's get after it. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us like the Amper Music founder story? Like, How did you come up with this and how did it come into the world? Sure. So my co-founders and I were film composers in Los Angeles, writing music for major films, TV shows, and video games. And we worked with so many directors and editors and other content creators who would say, look, we love working with you when we have time and budget to focus on music as an artistic part of our process. But for so much of the content we create, we have neither of those two ingredients. And our alternative is stock music. And then they would share a lot of the frustrations around that, be it the time it takes to search, licensing and legal and financial issues, sometimes quality, lack of flexibility. And so they'd say, could you just do us a favor? Write the music for us. And you know, there's only so many favors that we could do. So eventually we said, well, look, what if we could give you the same collaborative experience of working with us, but within the time and economic framework that you need? And what we meant by that was, what if we could build a platform that requires no musical experience, only requires creative intent, and then we can put the power of creating unique and professional music in your hands so that when it comes to music as a part of your production workflow, Music is just as creative and just as compelling and exciting and successful as every other piece of the workflow should be. It's super cool. I mean, what's interesting is, you know, over the years, we've done lots of different videos and put music to different things that we've done on a almost like an advertising or biz dev or for some of our events. And we've used stock music for that reason that we didn't have time or budget to create something custom. But it is, it's a frustrating process in that. Either it's a total rabbit hole, right? It's like the bottom of the internet. You're going through like 30 second clips. You have no idea any sort of genre or what you're getting into, or it's just frustrating. You can't find the right thing. What I loved about using Amper is it is around that intent, right? You start with the emotion. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's, in my opinion, it's your special sauce, but maybe what differentiates you guys from some of the uh, stock libraries that are out there? Sure. Well, I mean, there are a few things generally. One is the fact that every piece of music is created uniquely on demand as a person requests it. So you're in essence getting a de facto exclusive license to the music that's being made for you. When we say being made, you know, there's no pre-created music that exists that we're pulling from a library. We're literally composing the music on our platform, or the AI is, in a matter of seconds. And then it's blazingly fast. So from the time you say, please compose this piece of music, to when you're able to listen to it, it's a matter of you know a couple seconds. And so uniqueness is critical. You're in essence getting custom music for at a price point of 
typical stock or production music, but faster than either of those two things typically are. Secondly, everything comes with a royalty-free global and perpetual license. So there's no restrictions on what you can do with it. You could put it online. You could show it in a movie theater. You could broadcast it across the world on TV. And you know, you've paid once and, and you're good to go. But aside from the business differentiators, I think the creative point that you bring up is important because typically people who are making podcasts or videos or developing games or, or anything else that might need music for which they would come to Amper, they typically have an idea of what they want. They have a vision. And it might be very basic, like, oh, I just need something to be you know, some modern hip hop, or it might be a little bit more detailed, either of which is fine. And the challenge for these people is not having the creative vision. It's getting the right music that lines up to that vision. And typically what will happen is you have to go to a stock library and you just spend a couple hours searching for something. And you know, oftentimes, nothing is perfect. So you settle for like the least bad or you know, right. good enough. And then you're just like, well, this is what it is. And our perspective is saying, well, just tell us what you want. And all you need to know at a minimum is the genre of the music you want to create, the mood you want to convey, and the length of your music. And if you know more information, you can share it. Spotting notes, instrumentation, tempo, key, etc. But you don't have to. This is all done on the web platform score. And then the music's made for you instantly. And so from your creative intent, you've gotten something that should line up very closely with what you hoped for. But what's important is everything about the music is editable. So if you say, well, this is great, but I wish dot, 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 this instrument was in there, this instrument wasn't in there, it was faster, it was slower, the timing of when certain things happen musically was different. I want to accent this moment in the music and not this other moment. But you can change those things and Amper will create a revision in another matter of seconds so that once you're done with the workflow, and again, this whole end-to-end -end process takes a couple minutes, you've got a custom piece of music that you actually had creative input into uh, not only from the inception, but throughout the process, all without requiring you to really, at least on a musical basis, know what you're doing. I think that's really interesting and kind of a nice segue. And on your TEDx talk, you said that, that AI will be the greatest creative revolution in music history. Can you tell us a little bit about this magic you see between the collaboration between AI and musician? And quite honestly, I saw it. I have no musical background. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm thinking about different instruments to bring in and thinking the emotions that they cause and the speed. It was fun. But I'm curious, I mean, you have a very impressive musical background. Can you talk about what that collaboration, what the capabilities and potential is there? Yeah. So when I think about the role of technology in music, I think of, and especially of the advancement of technology in music, we see a curve where over centuries, and you know, we could if we go back to the days of Bach and to till today, right? As technology advances, the cost of acquiring the tools to express yourself musically have dropped. And the amount of investment in education and in knowledge that you need to make in order to, you know, be sufficiently skilled to make that music has also dropped, right? So in the days of Bach, you had to know nearly everything about music. So education bar was incredibly high. And if you wanted to have that music you know, performed or consistently shown off, you typically had to have a state sponsor or a church sponsor or something. And, and that was just the limit of the day. And the technology was you know, quill and parchment or, or paper and pen, whatever the writing instruments were. Right? And then we fast forward you know, to the, the days of you know, analog recording. 
and to sheet music and to instruments being in the home. And the bar for the required amount of time and investment and energy in acquiring tools and learning how to use them dropped. And then let's fast forward again to the 80s with the synthesizer. It's the 90s with digital music to our current era, or especially you know, the aughts with mobile music. And to the point where today, you know, anybody with a cell phone has all the technology that they need to make music. Right? It's gone from, I need a church sponsor... Uh, or a state sponsor to hire musicians to do all these things to, I have an iPhone. And the knowledge requirement has dropped from, I need to basically know everything to, I can know very little because I've got these collaborative tools that help me do stuff. And this same evolution is true with technology in nearly every field, right? The dropping and the diminishment of time and investment required. But at the same time, there are still billions of people around the world today who have creative ideas and still historically, or, or, or I'd say, you know, aside from Amper, lack the ability to express that idea musically. It's not that they don't have the idea. It's that they still don't have access to the right tools and the financial and time investments required are still a threshold that they cannot reach. And with Amper, what we see today, and especially with where the company is going, we are able to, in essence, make the time and financial commitment required to make music almost zero. And at this point, forget having a, an iPhone. As long as you have an internet connection, you're now able to take advantage of the technology. And so when, the new, you know, when we can now say, as long as you have an internet connection and a minute, you can create music. You can express your ideas creatively through music. Well, then we're going to add billions of people to the musically expressive class of people in the world. And when we go from, you know, whatever hundreds of millions of people make music today to billions and billions of people to, you know, frankly, nearly everyone in the world, then that true democratization of creative expression in music, you know, I think underpins truly the greatest creative revolution in the history of music. It's such an empowering idea. You know, I'm actually uh, with my 13-year-old nephew now who's learning jazz on the piano. And it's really interesting to listen to him practice. He's also trying to pick it up on guitar and, and the hours that go into that. And that certainly is incredibly valuable. But if he has a song in his head, the idea that he could actually you know, have a full orchestra to complement whatever he learns uh, on his own and put that together quickly, it's just such a powerful idea. I love the phrase democratization of uh, music to everybody. Let's do this. We're talking music. So the best, the best way to, to understand music uh, and to appreciate it is to hear it. Can you take us on a little bit of a musical journey here with score? Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of walk through how score works. And I'll describe it so people who are listening can understand it. Um, but of course, if you just go to ampermusic.com, you can use it yourself. Anyone can use it for free. So to make music, as I said, all we need to know are length, mood, style. So for the sake of this podcast, right? let's say we're going to make a 30-second piece of music. And we've got you know, different options of kind of funnels that we can go through to create the music. We say, what, well, what genre do we want to create? Right? And we might say, well, I was saying hip-hop, orchestral hip-hop. Right? And then we're going to say, well, what mood do we want to express? And there's a list of moods. And 
One of them is tense. So we'll say tense orchestral hip hop. And then we're going to select a band or a set of instruments to perform that music. And I'm going to click, I'd like this band to perform the music, to compose and perform the music. So at this moment that I snap, I've now said, compose that music. And I'll tell you, the next time I snap, that music has been composed, fully composed from scratch with nothing pre-existing, just those inputs. At the same time, while we listen to the first one, I'm going to create a couple other ones. So we'll do something quirky, cinematic, and romantic music. So we'll make one of those. We'll make some, you know, you said your, your nephew's learning jazz. So let's do some, uh, you know, we'll do, we'll do some easygoing jazz and we'll just rest there. And here's the music that we've made. So here's this first piece, this orchestral, tense, hip hop music. And we're going to play what Amper created. change anything about that, right? So if I went back and said, well, you know what? That was a little slow for me. I'd like it to be a little bit faster. You know, I need it to be in a different key for any reason. And you know, maybe there was a sound that I didn't like. And I was like, hmm, what was that? And I listened. And I'm like, nope, it's not that. Is it this? Yeah, it's that thing. I didn't want that kind of that snare sound. So let's get rid of it. And then I might say, let's change some of the timing so that you know, the music picks up earlier. Render. So now I'm going to basically render those revisions. In this case, I'm going to reorchestrate uh, with a new set of instruments. I'm going to do a tempo conform, a spotting conform, transposition. It's done. And here's the revision of that track. Drew, I might have to steal that from you. I actually like it better than the one uh, I created for the podcast. (laughs) Well, and that's the whole point, right? Is in seconds, you can make something that's really, really good. And and I'm doing the same workflow that you would be doing. I'm just, and I'm describing it, but anyone's able to do that. Now, at the same time, right? If we go to that second, just to see like the diversity of what Amper creates. Yeah. Right. Now we're going to listen to something that's, you know, quirky, romantic, and cinematic classical music. And, And here's what we've got. As a last thing, we'll play really quickly. Right, we said easygoing underscore jazz, and this is what Amper made.
and just like that. And I can download that music and use it however I want. But the whole point is, you know, all I've done to create these music, this initial music is say, mood, style, length, go. And then with that first piece of tense, you know, orchestral hip hop, I made a couple of revisions because I creatively wanted to. But in doing that, I've now made custom music in a matter of seconds that can be tailored to the content if I use the spotting features. And we're good to go. So Drew, talk to me. Now, what I think is remarkable about this is you're not pulling from a bank of songs and just manipulating them. It's original music. So one of the big headaches that you tagged early on in the conversation was licensing. So how does that work for businesses or creators that use Amper? Yeah. So what we've heard so frequently is that licensing is one of the most frustrating parts, either legally or financially. Where can I use this? Where can I not? When does my license expire? Does the price... Do I have to pay more to use it again or to use it in a different manner, etc., etc.? One of our goals at Amper is to make licensing just a non-issue to completely ameliorate any concern or you know, frustration around that. So once you've downloaded the music and you don't pay for anything until you say, I want to download this. So you can go in and make music and edit and revise and show a preview to your client, whatever it might be, totally for free. And only when you're like satisfied and you're like, I want to now use this. You download it in its final format and you receive a global royalty-free and perpetual license to use, which means you can use it in any content that's aired anywhere around the world in any medium, so TV, internet, podcast, streaming, satellite, I can't even name them all, but radio, anything you want. And that license exists perpetually. So you can continue to use it. You could reuse the music. You could resync it. You can do all sorts of things that don't require coming back to the well and increasing your financial commitment to that music. And ultimately, what that does is it gives people a ton of creative flexibility because we've taken the legal and financial hurdles out of the way. On a previous episode, I uh, interviewed the CMO of MasterCard, Raja Rajmanar. And we talked a lot about their new Sonic logo that they created. So firstly, why Sonic branding? Let's start with that, right? Uh, The world is changing dramatically. At this point in time, there are new modes and methods with which people are interacting with machines. If you look at smart speakers, whether it is Alexa or Google Home, the entire transaction or the interaction happens through the medium of sound. You are saying something, it is responding back to you in an intelligent way. You may be making purchases, you may be doing anything with that device. There is no visual real estate at all. So the traditional brands, which are all really represented through their logos in a visual format, they don't have any space to showcase their brand. So what happens? They get disintermediated from this conversation that's happening between the consumer and the device. Today, it is just smart speakers, which are growing like there is no tomorrow. But then you're also going to get connected cars. You have autonomous cars. You got internet of things. And then you have got a whole bunch of wearables that are coming out there. All these, the primary mode of interaction for consumers would predominantly be voice. So our sound, if sound is the medium, a brand has to represent itself with a sonic brand. So that is why we should have it. Curious your thoughts on sonic logos as a trend. Yeah, and you know, we were excited to work with MasterCard on a partnership really around the Grammys, where we got to, you know, enable any MasterCard 
customer or client to go to a, a web app or if you're at the Grammys, a, an in-person kiosk and create your own Sonic brand by using very simple inputs. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was a um, really successful partnership and a ton of people ended up you know, very quickly and easily making music that helped identify them and they could share it. But that underscores to your question, the importance of Sonic branding. And especially for brands, what we see is you know, an increasing commitment to making the brand identifiable and unique in the digital world. You know, before the internet was big, all you had to do is physically you know, know what it looks like. And then once the internet caught 20 years or so, right, it was all about visually, how do I have a good presence? And eventually, you know, can I make some collateral? Can I make my website look good? But what we're now in is this world of audio, where whether it's podcasts or music, people and consumers are invested in the world of audio and are using it and listening to it in a way they weren't ever before, which means that in order for brands to continue to reach consumers where they are, they've got to develop audio branding and sonic brands, whether that's you know a sonic tag for the beginning or end of their content, or whether it's a you know a deeper investment in making sure that their brand is associated with different types of music or different artists or whatever it might be. It's sort of the next frontier of where consumers are consuming content. And because of that, it almost creates a requirement that those who want to reach those consumers go there and figure out how to advance it. And that's one of the things that we've been really successful with at Amper is working with companies to not only create a sonic brand, but more importantly to say, look, you might already have a sonic brand. And it could be, you know, a 10-second snippet, it could be longer, it could be just be, you know, a list of, you know, almost like a style guide for what the music should be that they use. You know, we only use music that's uplifting and that's happy and that has a ukulele, whatever it might be. And the challenge in any of those scenarios is once you're going to make the content. You're still limited if you've got that one audio file, then that's all you have because that's the 10 second snippet. If it's more broad and you've kind of got a style guide, you've still got to find music and get it approved and do all these things that line up with what you want. And where Amper's platform is really effective is in a couple of things. One, it's in creating, uh, training our AI on clients' sonic brands specifically, just for them, so that if they want, they can now create unlimited variations and versions of their core Sonic brand in the same way we've created music from scratch, just their brand. But the other thing we can do when people don't want to go down that path is we can help guide them towards the types of genre and mood and band combination, which we call descriptors, that most align with their style guide. So that ultimately they can say, look, we know that you know, uplifting modern folk music that has a ukulele, just to kind of continue our example before, is the music that is consistent with our brand sound. And so then what they can say is to any content creator who's making content on behalf of that company, whether it's in-house or an agency outsourced, uh, rather than saying to those content creators, you know, go find music, but it has to be approved by us and you know, dot, 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 let's go down that whole rabbit hole. What they can say is, if you're using Amper, as long as you use this descriptor or this mood style band combination or this potential set of combinations, right? take your pick, then anything that Amper makes will inherently be on brand and you're good. So the creator of that content is then going to be able to make creative decisions around the music while the you know, brand themselves are going to be incredibly confident that whatever music the creator 
creates and uses is going to be on brand. And so that ends up saving a ton of time, a ton of money, and again, increases the production value of that content without increasing the cost of making it. It's very cool. I have a little bit of a curveball question. I mean, obviously, you're a composer. Before Amper, you know, you're writing music for movies, TV shows, video games. Does Amper in some way you know, make your old profession obsolete? Is it competing with musicians and composers? It's a great question. And as you can imagine, I've talked about this many times and, and I thought about it you know, for years and years before talking about it. The short answer is it depends. And to elaborate, got to kind of define a couple terms. The first is, you know, we see two types of music in the world. One is what we call artistic music. And that's music that's valued for the collaborative relationship and the artistry that goes into making that music, much more so than its end use case. It's about making music and collaborating and making art as a human. And the second is functional music, which we define as music that's valued for its use case, but not as much for the process by which it was made. And in artistic music, we could think of you know John Williams scoring the next Star Wars or Taylor Swift writing a song or whatever it might be. We've always used technology to make music. And technology has always advanced. And in every generation of technological advancement and generation of musicians, the current technology always seems like a threat. Right? Right. Synthesizers were going to destroy the orchestra. They didn't. Music creation and collaboration tools were going to destroy in-person collaborative experiences. They didn't. Right? And so what we see is while the technology evolves, ultimately, a core part of humanity is making art for art's sake because that's part of who we are. And so AI music will never replace artistic music because the value prop is so different. Now, at the same time, within artistic music, Amper will massively change how we make music and will allow more and more people to make artistic music, but it won't undermine the value of it. It's interesting. I spoke with Adrian Parker, who's the global VP of Patron Tequila, incredibly humble, super amazing executive. And his comment was he couldn't get his job from five years ago, that the role has changed so much and continues to evolve. And what you just said mirrors that in that that's always the case, right? Like as, as technology improves, as we all get better at different things, certain things become easier to do. They become more commoditized. And your role as a human is to continue up the food chain with the art and create things that people value and enjoy. And, and I think there is a very interesting and distinct line between music for creation, for art as human beings, and this sort of functional music. And I agree with you that there's places for humans in in all of those, as well as technology to enhance them. So I think that was very well said. I'll get you out of here on this. So Forbes named you a 30 under 30 alongside Cardi B and Lizzo in 2018. So what is your favorite song? (laughs) You know, I think different genres, I've got different answers. You know, as a film composer, I love film music. I think the score to How to Train Your Dragon is just phenomenal. You know, it's, it's modern, but it's orchestral. It's got an amazing thematic structure. John Powell, who's the composer, just did an incredible job. Should have won the Academy Award that year, which was robbed. You know, on the other hand, I just love 70s and 80s music. And so whether it's you know, bands like Chicago or Toto or Jackson Brown 
I'm going to be very, very content. And so, you know, Jackson Brown, The Loadout, just such an amazing, amazing song. My fiance and I, many Saturday mornings, you know, get up and play piano. And we almost always started off with, you know, Man in the Mirror because, you know, it's just a great way to get pumped up for a fun weekend. And so, you know, that'll be what I'll leave everybody with. Unfortunately, you know, my musical tastes are much more, you know, I'd say well versed or my musical knowledge well versed in kind of those couple decades. No offense to Cardi B. But, um, you know, at the same time, the music that's being created today is just, you know, it, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, talk about evolving both musically and culturally. It's another example of how technology allows people to do things that previously they could only dream of. Well, I have to thank you. I'm on day four with my 13-year-old nephew, and he has been playing These Are a Few of My Favorite Things, which is an unbelievable jazz song, but he has been practicing it straight for four days. And it is the only song that has been in my head since I got here. Uh, so now Man in the Mirror is making its way in and uh, changing my tune a little. So I appreciate that. That's awesome. And you know, even uh, you know, these are a few of my favorite things. What's wonderful is, yes, it's a jazz song, but it's also, you know, it came from a classic, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. And so even that has evolved over decades and decades and decades. And I'm sure there'll be a remix of it sometime soon with some up and coming, you know, rapper deciding, you know, I can turn this into, you know, a 2020, 2021 uh, interpretation of what, you know, is a you know, cinematic and musical classic. I love it. I'm going to challenge him to be the one to, uh, to create that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, Drew, thanks so much. How can people uh, follow you and learn more about Amper? Yeah. So if you go to ampermusic.com, you can see everything you need to know. And also, more importantly, use it. Our platform is called Amper Score. Use Score to create music and, and give it a shot, especially if you are frustrated with other stock and production music options. We think you'll find a home in our greater Amper family. Beyond that, you know, we've got social media presence, whether it's Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, etc., and then the last thing I'd say is, you know, if, you, if you've got personal questions, feel free to reach out to me. My email address is drew.silverstein at ampermusic.com. So shoot me an email. I'm happy to uh, answer questions directly or uh, be of service however I and the company can. True. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us at VentureFuel on LinkedIn. On our next episode, I'm talking to the futurist in residence at Paramount and Viacom, Ted Chilowitz. Ted lives 10 years ahead of the rest of us. He's literally in the future. So he's already heard this episode and he tells me it's great. Until then. <laughs>